0: The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad
1: Afternoon News, Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Nice to be uh, reunited with you again, partner. Good to see you. How you been? Nice to see you. I'm good. How have you
2: been? (laughs) Not too bad. I guess if they want to get us back together again, they have to send us to a hospital.
1: (laughs) 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 You look like you could use something for your um, peeling. I know.
2: You know what? And this... this, this day, every day, this day, every year, the Heart Pledge Day yeah. is, is by far the most important day for me because it puts me uh, in the bath. Uh, should anything go wrong. Just so, in case. Yeah, exactly Just right. Just in
1: case. Uh, we have been broadcasting uh, throughout the day. Bruce had his show here. Ryan had his show. And then we'll be on the air right through to 6 o'clock this afternoon. You'll be hearing from some of the amazing doctors who are, um, you know, treating the sick of the, of the, the sickest of the sick. You're going to mm-hmm. hear um, from some of the patients, from the folks who've actually benefited from from the, their their talents and, and from, from the services this hospital provides, which is absolutely amazing.
2: I, I know all of the stories will be incredible, but some of them, and just reading the uh, profiles and histories of uh-huh. who we'll be talking to, uh, the fact that one of the patients was a patient yesterday. Uh, that's going to be an interesting perspective and compare that to those uh, individuals who were treated here years ago. So it's going to be a lot of, uh, well, I was going to say it's going to be a lot of fun. It probably will be a little bit of fun, well, but it'll fun, be information. It's fun, but it's
1: interesting yeah, as for well. Sure. We'd like to uh, thank uh, Scott Builders, longtime supporter of Heart Pledge Day here. Um, and once again, this hour of Heart Pledge Day, sponsored by Scott Builders, we'll be talking with Scott Rutherford, the CEO and president of Scott Builders, coming up here shortly. I mean, over the years, you you, Chadville, have helped um, us raise a lot of money for some really, really important of equipment.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in years past, at this uh, particular fundraiser, uh, we've uh, been able to raise funds to help the uh, MAZ. And by the way, you know, it's not known as the Mas; It's the uh, Mazinkowski Heart Institute, but everyone fondly refers to it.
1: Alberta, Alberta Heart Institute. Alberta Heart
2: Institute, that's right. Uh, but they've done such things as expanding the cardiovascular intensive care unit, where the sickest of the sick cardiac patients receive world-leading care. Uh, they've bought portable life support equipment for patients who are sick, um, that wouldn't not arrive at the Mass at all, alive without it, and uh, they've purchased specialized cooling systems that protect the brain of heart attack patients by lowering their body temperature, mm-hmm. and you know as always, uh, we have our texting line up at 630-630 if you have a story with regard to uh, Heart Pledge Day or to uh, your experience with the Mass, we'd love to hear from you, uh, you can text it at 630-630, but if you're tweeting it uh, hashtag IHeartMyMass I-H-E-A-R-T M-Y-M-A-Z uh, share your story with us. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you look at uh, what has been uh, done between this hospital and certainly the University of Alberta uh, Hospital over the years, it's just been a series of firsts. The, yes. uh, whether it's, you know, with, with heart issues, lung transplants, it's been absolutely incredible. Uh, it's been amazing you look at this Heart Institute and I can remember when they first started talking about it back in 2001 and uh, you know the steps that it took it was like boom 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 and um, And, uh, yeah, and so it's just continuing to grow, continuing to Mm -hmm. um, get better and better and better and and treating, really, some folks who, without this, would not be here today.
2: Well, I I think, you know, perhaps we have a somewhat unique perspective when it comes to facilities like this because we come down and do these days Mm -hmm. and we get to talk to everybody and read the history and the background. I don't know that everybody realizes how fortunate they are to have a facility like this in Edmonton, mm-hmm. and not just for Edmontonians, but for Albertans in general. It really is a cutting-edge, world-class facility, and it's right here in Edmonton. And oftentimes, when we raise money for uh, institutions like the MAS, somebody will inevitably say, well, shouldn't the government pay for this? The mm. government will build you a hospital. There's no problem there. <laughs> they won't build you the Mass. They won't do it without uh, people like you stepping up and uh, making a donation.
1: We'd like to welcome Scott Rutherford um, to Heart Pledge Day. He's the president and CEO of Scott Builders, and as we mentioned right off the top of the show, um, this hour of Heart Pledge Day is sponsored by Scott Builders, longtime supporter of Heart Pledge Day. Scott, nice to see you again. Oh, you need to turn your microphone on. There we go. Nope. Hold on. (laughs) Let's
2: try three instead, see if that works.
1: Okay, hold on. We're just, uh, we might need a doctor here to figure out this board. (laughs) Try that one.
2: Yeah, we'll just keep handing you headsets, uh, Scott, <laughs> until something works. Welcome to
3: Chad. There you go. Earth Try that. To Chad. There you to There. Perfect. Yeah, hey, okay. Scott. Excellent. How you doing? I'm doing good.
1: Good. Um, longtime supporter. You've been involved with Heart Pledge Day for quite some time. The company has. Tell us yeah. why.
3: Well, it's impacted a number of people in our company. A few people have come through as patients, but we fundamentally believe it uh, is part of who we are in terms of our values and having a positive impact on the community and this is a really important
4: Mm
3: -hmm. place and it serves a lot more than just Edmonton, it serves Northwest Territories, it serves a lot of places that don't have this facility and uh, it's just a really cool thing. You you mentioned that it has some uh, impact or personal connection to your business, what's that connection? Well we've had people come through as patients and uh, they uh, have experienced the great services and expertise and know-how that this place has, and they're probably still walking on the ground here because of that. So it, it, it has impacted us uh, personally, and it also impacts our community, and that's why we're here.
1: You know, I have to wonder with, you know, what you do with, um, because you have, you know, uh, operations out of Calgary, out of Edmonton, out of out of Red Deer, love this, 100% employee-owned the company, is named one of Canada's best workplaces in 2011 and 2012, and when you're trying to attract employees to um, anywhere, I think a lot of folks will look at the facilities, and certainly the health facilities that are around them, and making a decision whether or not they're going to move to a city or not. Have you found that? I think that,
3: uh, you know, in this province, we're blessed with facilities that uh, maybe some of the other provinces don't have, probably some states don't (laughs) have, for lack of better words. And, um, you know, we have a role to play with Northern Canada, a really important role because they're so sparsely populated, they just don't have access to these things and the fact that we can uh, help a facility like this uh, provide those services for those people that are in places that are quite remote mm-hmm. that's pretty cool.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, for those uh listeners uh, listening to this conversation right now, uh they could be uh listening and saying, "Oh, great, Scott Builders has this covered." So, <laughs> no.
1: And no, we don't have it covered. <laughs> yeah. We need so, your help. Yeah, well, those
3: phones are actually quiet back there. They I are. Wanna, yeah, I want to point that out. I they we need the phones to ring and it doesn't matter whether it's $10, $15, it all adds up. It's, I think I said last year, it's the power of the many. Yes. And, exactly. Uh, we've got to remember that, that every donation, no matter how small it is, is really, really important. We should probably tell people, since you brought it up, the number to call is
2: 780-407-2200 or 1-866-407-2211.
1: Really easy to donate online as well at heartpledgeday.ca. Heartpledgeday.ca. Just type that one in. Hit enter and there's a choice there. 10, 20, 30, yep. whatever other Um, You know what, Scott, it's always great to see you. We get to see each other once a year at this event. (laughs) Thank you for your continued support.
3: Well, I appreciate that. And thank you for the services you guys do in terms of just making this a public thing. It's great.
1: Thank you so Very much. Happy to do it. Thank you so much. All right. It's the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. We're broadcasting live from the Mazankowski Alberta Heart Institute. It's fantastic to also look at that wall of hearts in front mm-hmm. of us, Andrew. It is the Rosano Transport Heart Wall. So people who are coming by and uh, stopping by and making a donation, you get your name up on that heart as you're as you're walking down this hall. Because we're seated, seated right in kind of the reception area exactly. here, Can't and it's that us. whole glass wall. If you've, if you've ever parked in the parkade over here, you've come in this way <laughs> through that right. big glass hallway. And it's such a busy place, a busy place, but you know what? Yeah, those uh, those phones are pretty quiet. So 780-407-2200, 407 2211 or online.
2: Heartpledgeday.ca.
1: We'll continue the broadcast right after this.
0: Live from the Mazenkowski Alberta Heart Institute, you're listening to 630 Ched Heart Pledge Day. Proudly presented by Durabilt Windows and Doors. To donate, call 780-407-2200 or visit 630ched.com.
1: You can go online at HeartPledgeDay.ca. It's 2:20 on the 6:30 Chet afternoon. It's Jade Lynn and Andrew, and we're we're thrilled to welcome our next guest to uh, Heart Pledge Day. Uh, Tom Corgan's on the line from Fort Saskatchewan. Hi, Tom. Hi there. Thanks for joining us today.
5: Thanks for having me.
2: So, Tom, you wouldn't be what I would consider to be a typical candidate for needing the services of uh, the Mazinkowski. Uh, Tell us about prior to you needing the Maz, what kind of life were you leading? What uh, kind of activity did you uh, encounter?
5: Well, uh, you know, uh, I guess like like many failed hockey players, former athlete many years ago, uh, now just uh, enjoy a little bit more like golf, riding my bike stuff like that
2: so but you're, you're, but you're an were, active guy tom uh
5: fairly yeah but You i were, still was able to maintain a pretty healthy beer gut so
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but you were riding your bike to and from work every day which is a far cry from what most of us do
5: well i'm i'm really lucky Jalen, and that i'm you know under 10 clicks to work <laughs> so uh uh it's it's very lucky that i can ride my bike in the uh in the uh, kind of April to October.
1: So tell tell us what happened uh, April 2017,
5: Tom. Well, so yeah, April would be like the very beginning of my riding my bike to work, mm-hmm. and uh, that was March 30th. Actually, was the very first day that I had done that this year, that year. Uh, so. Typical routine would be riding my bike to work for about half an hour. When I get there, get some water and go do stretches. Uh, the uh, particular day in question, I had to go to work right away for a couple hours. So then when I went to do stretches, it was a couple hours later and I was cold. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I never really got, uh, you know, a holy mackerel moment like a lot of people get. But I did feel like I pulled a muscle in my chest. Um, And the odd thing was I couldn't make it go away. So, you know, that certainly piqued my curiosity.
2: So you were very fortunate, Tom, because you worked at a company that had a nurse.
5: Yes, well, as a matter of fact, uh, one of the fellows that I work with on my crew, Dave Rankin, he is the uh, incident commander of our emergency response team. Mm. So I was in conversation with Dave about that, and he said, "Well." You know we have a medical center so let's take a walk down there and see what they think and that's how they ended up calling the ambulance
1: so it apparently didn't take very long they gave you a quick check over and decided to call right away
5: yeah for sure uh, uh, and you know I'm glad they did
2: well no kidding what goes through your mind as you go from thinking you've pulled a muscle to believing you might have had a, a heart attack and you're now riding an ambulance to the mass what's going through your mind
5: Well, you know, ironically, one of the things that was going through my mind was the name of the really good Asian food place on 108th and White (laughs) Avenue. It's one of my favorites, but I can't remember the name of it. But, see, my situation was quite different in that, uh, you know, when they got me in the ambulance, they gave me a couple of shots of nitro, Mm -hmm. and uh, that wasn't having any effect on my chest situation. but when they gave me a shot of morphine, it went away.
2: Or so, so yeah, or you couldn't feel it anymore.
5: Yeah, that's right. So, you know, believe me, by the last 15 minutes of that ambulance ride, I had phoned my wife and, you know, let her know that I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was in any particular peril and that uh, she can, you know, feel free to come see me and stuff. Work had already called her, but I wanted to talk to her myself to let her know that, you know, it seemed okay and, you know, definitely, uh, as you guys may know, like I'm sort of uh, what they call a five percenter. So th- that would be uh, why that nitro didn't work on me.
1: What does five percenter mean?
5: Well, it just means that it wasn't, uh, it's a non-lifestyle heart attack. Oh, okay. And so that, uh, you know, it took five days to figure out what actually was going on with me. Hmm. Uh, but they did all the tests on the arteries. Uh like the CT scans and the other really cool machines I got to ride
4: <laughs> uh,
5: that I can't just recall off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, so it took a few days, and that's when I found out that what I was dealing with was a birth defect, oh. which was uh, a, a bad valve, or a narrow valve, I think is what they call it.
1: Okay, wow. Alrighty. righty. So, um, so you had your operation, and tell me about the care that you had here, and, and what's recovery been like?
5: Um, well... First of all, the care that I got, I would say, was second to none. Um, I often uh, referred to myself in those days as the luckiest sick guy in Canada. (laughs) You know, there's a a real Cracker Jack team, in my opinion, there. Um, I I really felt confident that, uh, you know, from the people off on the floor to the guy unzipping me on the table. That yeah. Everybody knew their jobs really, really well.
2: You know, that's something we hear about the Maz all the time. When you're taken to any hospital, you hope, don't you, that you're going to get the best possible care, but there's something about the maz that makes you decide in your mind, no, this is the exact place I need to be.
5: You know, it's uh, funny you bring that up because there's a very apropos Jerry Seinfeld routine about him being mad at The airline pilot in a plane giving too much information over the loudspeaker, (laughs) and uh, you know the the moral of that story is that the important people know what their job is, and uh, I don't need to know any more than I need to know. I'll be in the back in charge of peanuts. You guys do whatever it is you do, and we'll get to the finish line, right? And that's that's really you know the level of calmness that I had with the people at the mass
1: curious to know Tom um, we often hear about you know they take care of the patient but also take care of the family did did uh, your family feel that way your wife making sure that she knew exactly what was going on all the time
5: oh no doubt Jalen you know I'm uh, really blessed with a large support group uh, with a great wife and and superb family and You know, when you come from a large family, like I do, there was lots of people looking for information. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm. And uh, luckily, you know, uh, my wife, Bobby was sort of the point person for information gathering. And, uh, you know, they're really open about what the scoop is. Uh, You know, there was a lot of people around there that were in uh, a lot tougher shape than I was. And uh, I was really impressed that they were so good with us to be able to sit and answer questions and uh, you know make us be able to rest easy be able to pass that good news on to other people in the family
2: tom we're almost out of time but i have to ask and i'm, I'm drawing a bit of an assumption here but i'm going to assume tom and tell me if i'm wrong you probably didn't get your checkbook out or make a donation to the mass prior to this because it probably wasn't really on your radar and now here we are today talking to you and what the mass did for you so can you tell our listeners why they should do that they why they should get out uh, their checkbooks today or their Visa numbers, their Mastercard, or uh, make a donation.
5: Yeah, uh, thanks Andrew. That's a great, uh, a great opportunity because, you know, my time in the MAZ was, uh, you know, disconcerting to my whole family, and that was, uh, you know, likely the scariest time for a lot of them. And the care we got was so great. The only problem that there was was that they were understaffed. Hmm. And so there was lots of late night tests, triple booking in the rooms, and uh, in my humble opinion, you know, the best way that people could leave that is to give money, like, uh, because the people there that are there, you know, boots on the ground are doing such a great job. If they just had more of them, you know, that would be even better.
1: Easy way to donate at 780 407 2200, 1 407
2: 2211. Go uh, online, heartpledgeday.ca. Tom Corgan, we've been speaking to a patient, a previous patient of the Mazenkowski one, who's I'm sure very grateful that institution is here in Edmonton. Tom, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us.
5: Thanks for putting up with me.
2: <laughs> Take it easy
1: now. That's Tom Corgan on the 630 Ched afternoon news as we continue to broadcast live from the Mazenkowski, Alberta heart institute
0: 407 2200 or visit 630 chad.com now jaylen nye and andrew gross on 630 chad reunited again
2: at the Mazikowski Alberta <laughs> Heart Institute. Great to have my partner with me. Uh, we'd love to hear those phones ringing behind us at 780-407-2200. Uh, they haven't been ringing much. No. So we haven't asked the right questions or said the right things, Jaylen. And I. We Maybe haven't, this will we be
1: haven't like. made anyone cry yet. Not yet. No, no, no. like to welcome to um, the show this afternoon Dr. Mohammed Zibdawi, who is the Medical Director of, Cardiovascular Intensive, of the Cardiovascular Intensive Care Unit. Doctor, thanks for joining us. Us. Oh, thank you.
6: Thank you for having me.
2: So no. your your responsibility is those individuals who have gone through
6: heart surgery or heart procedure and are now in intensive care recovery. Exactly. I'm uh, I'm the uh, director of the unit, but I lead a team. It's not just me who look after patients. <laughs> but, uh, we have a great team, excellent uh, team of uh, intensivists, nurse practitioners, and whole. Uh, other members, uh, respiratory therapists, dietitians, pharmacists, I, you know, physiotherapists. Sorry okay. if I missed any.
1: <laughs> Doctor, I'm I'm curious to know. You know, people have to be. Um very sick oftentimes by the time they they get here, if they're having a transplant or something like that, they have their surgery. And I think for a lot of folks, it's like, yeah, I've had the surgery, I'm going to be all better, but the recovery part can be very difficult as well, can't it?
6: Absolutely. The post-operative period after surgeries is a very critical period in the the journey of the patients. Um, Think of us, like I like to think of us as the last line of defense for patients that have heart or lung disease. And uh, like you mentioned, this is most critical period of time. That's where all the management interventions happen in the CVICU.
2: I suppose this would be the period of time in which family members and friends are the most worried about what's going on with their loved ones as well.
6: Absolutely, and uh, our family-centred patient and family-centred care takes uh, this very seriously. Our uh, patients' families are treated with utmost respect, allowed the earliest opportunity to see their loved ones, and we uh, invite them even for uh, rounds if they want to join us.
1: You have been working in Edmonton since 1998. You've been here since the MAS opened. Give us an idea of how things have changed over those years when it comes to dealing with those critically ill people with heart or lung disease? The advancements that are being made for you, the equipment.
6: So over the last 20 years that I've been involved uh, with uh, cardiovascular ICU, I've seen tremendous amount of change. For one thing, the CV ICU in 1998 was 11 beds. We are at 24 beds and barely coping. Uh, with the patient load. The second thing is the acuity. Uh, Patients are a lot sicker than they used to be. Our surgeons are operating on patients because now we are a bigger uh, referral center. We got patients from Western Canada that are extremely sick and may have been, uh, it has been decided that they would be referred to the Mazinkowski for all the special care that they can get from the surgeons intensivists and the rest of the teams. Uh, The other thing that I've witnessed over the last 20 years is the additional care that we provide in terms of artificial heart and lung support. I'm talking about the ECMO program and the Ventricular Assist uh, Device program. Uh, This has grown exponentially over the last few years as well um i would also say that our lung and heart transplants have expanded tremendously especially the lung transplant i believe we are the second largest uh, lung transplant in the country wow
2: you know whatever we do uh, heart pledge day we always talk about what's been uh, purchased or how the money's been used in previous years but generally speaking we don't talk about where the money might go to uh in the future it's always used in the most appropriate places but from your perspective, and I don't want to get you in trouble at your next staff meeting, but <laughs> uh, uh, you, from your perspective, what's the most urgent need here?
6: There's a need for a number of things, but I would say capital equipment for the advanced technologies is probably the top priority. Um, to give you an example, like even... Like every piece of equipment that we use in a few years, the servicing uh, becomes obsolete. Like They they, they tell us that there's a newer model and we're going to stop servicing this uh, type of bronchoscope, for example. We need new echo machines. Uh, The heart and lung machines that we use uh, for ECMO, there's always changes and improvement and we like to always be at the forefront of technology. So I think the money would best be used for making sure that we have all these technologies available to our patients
2: that's a really interesting observation because if i may
1: technology just
2: changes. well technology is changing all the time think about your cell phone and you know a year from now there's a better one right but the Mazenkowski is um held as being cutting edge and you know one of the best facilities in western canada but in order to stay there as you just said you have to keep upgrading that technology so
6: that's an an ongoing burden exactly right and also to be able to attract uh, the talent from all over the world you know Uh, our center has been able to attract two very recent uh, recruitments uh, dr. alherbish and dr. andrew shaw Um, dr. alherbish is a cardiologist intensivist he has uh, top training in echocardiography. He has just joined our group a few months ago. Dr. Shaw will be joining us from uh, Vanderbilt uh, Hospital in the U.S. Okay. Uh, with uh, great uh, background and experience in cardiac anesthesia, cardiovascular ICU. In fact, Dr. Shaw will be the head of the anesthesia program here in uh, Edmonton. So we're very pleased to have both of them here. And we've been able to attract them because of the type of things that we're available and that we could do to our patients, for our patients here at the
1: That I was just going to say, that gives you an idea of what they're doing here. If you're able to attract those people and keep people like you, who have been here for 20 plus years, uh, you know, doing the work that you do here. Now, the work that you do, um, I've got to think there's got to be some, you know, high highs and some low lows, um, because you're dealing, as we know, with the sickest of of the sick. What, what is the best part of your
6: job for you? The best part of my job, of course, would be to see our patients through their uh, very difficult uh, time as they go through their surgeries and the cardiovascular ICU. as we speak, as of uh, Monday of this week, we have uh, uh, put a patient on veno-veno vino, ECMO for respiratory support, a lady in her 50s who developed... An extreme uh, case of status asthmaticus this lady had been through the emergency at the Grey Nuns, to the medicine ward at the Grey Nuns as well and into the intensive care unit everybody has done everything they could and still could not really reverse her uh, asthma attack she is on a breathing machine and she was fighting for her life and thanks to all what we have here at the Mazinkowski, we've been able to save this lady. She's in our ICU now on ECMO as her lungs are recovering from this asthma attack.
1: Can you wow. give our listeners an idea of when we talk about ECMO and we talk about uh, the VADs, what, what that does, what what, are, what is that?
6: Again, going, going back to what I said that the, we are the last line of defense. Yeah. Basically when the heart and the lungs fail, there's no other alternative but to rest them to, and to have a bridge, a mechanism to bridge patients until either the, the organs recover or an alternative is found, whether this is a mechanical device like an artificial yeah. heart or a new heart or new lungs. Uh, so the ECMO is essentially an intervention with a huge cannula that goes into a major vein in the, in the body and with a pump device we pull the blood out of the body and with an oxygenator pump oxygen and remove carbon dioxide basically take over the function of the heart and the lungs until the situation is under control That's amazing I, I feel like I'm having an episode right now just
2: <laughs> listening to that description what made you
6: want to go into this field oh what's more exciting than this
1: yeah. <laughs> I think you might be a little bored with radio <laughs> yeah,
6: maybe. I think it's a little late for me to
2: become a, a co-worker here but
1: um Dr. Zabdawi um what do you want to say to the folks who are listening right now about? You know, they're thinking maybe I'm going to pick up the phone and call 407 2200 or maybe go online and, and make a donation through heartpledgeday.ca. What do you want them to know?
6: I would like them to know that uh, everything uh, that they help us with. It's it's put to extremely good use. They are helping patients survive. We do need the money. The resources are very tight, and the generous donation of your listeners is extremely uh, helpful and appreciated and I hope uh, they will continue to provide us with their support.
2: Uh, Well said. As we often say here, it's the kind of thing that it may not be on your radar right now, but you'll be so thankful that there's a facility like the MAS here when you need them. And thank you, Dr. Zibdawi,
6: for what you do here. Just incredible work. Thank you for having me, and thank you to your listeners.
1: Thank you. It's 2.44 on the 6.30 CHED afternoon news. Broadcast Heart Pledge Day at the Mazankowski Alberta Heart Institute, 780-407-2200, 1-866-407-2211, or at heartpledgeday.ca. And to give you an idea, thank you, Dr. Gant, for taking the time to join us. I mean, he sat down, and uh, and a call came over the intercom, and it was like, do I have to go? Do I have to go? And realized it was a different floor. No, that was it. But um, on call, ready to run, ready to go and do what he has to do. We'll take a quick break here. We'll continue. When we come back, we're going to talk to Amanda. This is a very interesting story right after this.
0: This hour of 630 Chad Heart Pledge Day is brought to you by Scott Builders. To donate, call 780-407-2200 or visit 630 chadcom Now, Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad.
2: Jalen, before we introduce our next guest, we should probably thank, again, uh, Durabilt uh, Windows and Doors, the presenting uh, sponsor. The Hartwall sponsor this hour is uh, Rosano Transport and the hourly sponsor, Scott Builders.
1: Yeah, our friends over at uh, Scott Builders want to welcome to the show this afternoon uh, Mandy Roussel, who had an episode, we'll call it an episode. You can explain (laughs) a little bit more about that episode in October 2016, but I look at you and go, okay, Mandy, like, you're... You're young. You're you're active. <laughs>
7: what what happened? What was going on? You know what? I had I have no idea. I wasn't expecting it at all. Uh, one morning, I wasn't feeling great. I thought maybe I was coming down with the flu. Um, got up with my daughter, made breakfast, got her off to school. And I just wasn't feeling great. And all of a sudden, I kind of had this wave of dizziness overcome me. And I thought, something's just not right. And I phoned my husband instead of an ambulance. I'm not too sure why. But <laughs> thankfully, he answered. And I said, you know what? I think I need you to come home. Something is just not Going okay, and he's like, "Well, what?" And I'm like, "I couldn't put it into words. I said it's just not right." And then just before he hung up, I said, "You know what? I think you better phone an ambulance. Something is just not right." And so of course, I kind of sent him into a panic. And but thank goodness he called the ambulance. Absolutely. So they got there a few minutes later. But I had actually passed out after I had phoned him. So I wasn't awake when the ambulance got got there. I woke up after they were all in our room, and then um, they took me in and they found out that my heart was beating at about 195 beats a minute. So about double what it's supposed to be for a resting adult and um so they ended up sedating me and shocking me and kind of got it back to normal and nobody could really figure out what was going on. They thought maybe it was just an episode maybe I was getting sick and it could have been something like that.
2: And before you get to what they figured out, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm, I, I'm finding again and again what I hear in these stories from patients is that they were expecting something else. They were yeah. expecting that there'd be this bright light or <laughs> this shocking pain or a yeah. sign would light up and say hey you're having a heart attack <laughs> because we all, don't we think that that's what it presents Absolutely. like, right? But mm-hmm. for You as you said, you just didn't feel quite right.
7: Yeah, I just had this feeling of unwell and I actually just thought, Do I go to work? Do I not go to work? Like it was one of those things, do I just do I go to work and and take the chance that I'm gonna spread these germs? Because I thought for sure I was coming down with the flu. And there was no like moment where it hit and I thought, Okay, something's not right. And even when I got to the hospital until they told me what was happening, I had no idea it was my heart. I thought like any other thing it could have been. Like, I was thinking seizures or... Yeah. I and had
2: no you didn't idea. come directly to the Mass, I'm assuming. You went to... No.
7: I went to the Sturgeon. Um, I live in Northwest Edmonton, yeah. so we went to the Sturgeon, and that's where they did the initial shock and stuff like that. And then I stayed there one night, and they said, you know what? We're going to keep you in for the weekend. We're going to check everything out, see how you're doing. And then on the Friday, they came to me, and they said, you know what? We're going to move you to the Mass. That's where the
1: best is, and we're going to get you tested. So, 15% your heart was was working at, plus yes. your liver, your kidneys, everything shutting down. Yes. Why?
7: No. You know. <laughs> um, basically they figured that i have probably been suffering from congestive heart failure for a while without really knowing it. So oh my, my body was just kind of taking over and and it's not like I was getting, you know, I, w- I was a little bit slower. Um, I kind of figured it was that October getting back into shape thing because, you know, skaters don't do a whole lot in the summer. <laughs> you must have been <laughs> so just shocked though. I was stunned. I was completely and totally stunned. Um, really thankfully after a lot of the episodes happened, I don't remember anything. It was kind of like I think my brain's way of just handling the trauma. You were put on life support I was I was on life support for about a week to 10 days um, hoping that maybe that would help my heart rest because I was going through such internal shock my kidneys my liver my heart were all failing all at once Um, so when they had me on life support they were hoping that it was basically going to help my heart recover they took me off of the life support and my heart basically deteriorated rather quickly again and that's when they determined that an LVAD was what had to happen and Yeah, so about three days later, I was in surgery again for the LVAD. So that goes right inside? It goes right inside. It's a metal pump, basically, that's affixed to the bottom part of my heart, and it basically keeps the blood moving. It takes over for the left part of my heart um, just to keep... Isn't that Everything amazing? Hmm. You know, it's incredible. I, I kind of joke about it all the time, like I'm battery operated <laughs> now. You know? I'm, so, kinda, I'm like Iron Man without millions of dollars.
2: <laughs> Mandy, we don't have a whole lot of time. I wish we yeah. had more, but with what little time we have left, what did the Maz mean to you prior to that day, and what does it mean to you now?
7: As an Edmontonian, I was always very proud of the facility we had in the city, but you don't really think anything of it. Like, you're, you're proud of the fact that we have such an amazing facility, but it, you know, it's kind of the back of your mind, and... I can't even imagine not being in this city with such an incredible facility now. Like, basically, I'm here because of the care that I received at the Mass. They saved your life. Absolutely. I'm here, and I've been able to spend Christmas and Halloween and, and just, you know, on a Sunday with my daughter and my husband and my family. and.
2: Hey, and you got to meet us. That's
1: right. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so run the other way, Mandy. Run, <laughs> run, run. run. Uh, Mandy, we thank you so much for, for joining thank us you. this afternoon. Thank you for sharing your story, thank and you. I'm so happy that you're that you're feeling great thank you this is really good again 780-407-2200 or
2: just go online heart
0: from the Mazenkowski alberta heart institute this is 630 chad heart pledge day proudly presented by durabilt windows and doors to donate call 780-407-2200 or visit 630 chad.com
1: Thanks to Mandy Roussel for sharing her story. At 37 years of age, mm-hmm. um, heart... Just a young woman. Just a young woman, 15%. But, her, her story,
2: as interesting as it was to the point we heard, it's There's not more. over.
1: There's more. She now starts an assessment process for a heart transplant next week. So Imagine. so it, it continues on for her now, yeah, 37, 38 years of age. Um, so, again...
2: And you could see the passion. Oh. I don't know if you could hear it, uh, folks, but uh, you could see uh, when we asked about how important the mass is to uh-huh. her, she welled up in her eyes and... Um, just push that answer out. It means the world to her.
1: So here we go again. Chadville heartpledgeday.ca. Really easy to go online there and make a, a donation or give us a call. The phones are exceptionally quiet right now. 780-407-2200. When we come back after the 3 o'clock news, I'm going to be joined by Bob LeGroix and what a, another story. Um, heart issues, stomach issues, and has beaten cancer. Says he couldn't have done it. Without theme Mazenkauski, all that and more after this.
0: The 6:30 Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on 6:30 Chad.